time when the operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. And you've got to indicate to the people who run it, to the people who own it, that unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. Welcome to another edition of the Corbett Report. I am your host, James Corbett, podcasting to you as always from the sunny climes of Western Japan on this 7th day of September, 2007. Dear business leader, as you are probably aware, the list of grievances against the Bush administration are considerable. An endless war on terror, hundreds of thousands dead in Iraq, torture, kidnapping, signing statements, domestic surveillance, detentions, deportations, civil rights and habeas corpus gone, stolen elections, and the list goes on. For almost a decade now, we have lived under an administration that is taking us down the road to despotism. For all these reasons, there has been a nationwide call for a general strike on the sixth anniversary of the horrendous attacks upon the World Trade Center. No work, no school, no shopping. No longer will we allow the tragedies of 9-11 to be used as a rallying point and symbolic justification for war. Instead, we are encouraging people to spend the day reflecting, mourning, and protesting what has happened to this nation in the wake of September 11th. We humbly ask that you consider participating by closing your doors for one day in solidarity. We fully recognize that this request is not to be taken lightly. More than anyone, you stand to sacrifice the most. However, it is precisely because of your power and standing in the community that your participation has the potential to make this a watershed moment in American history. We also understand this presents you with a dilemma of epic proportions. You must weigh your everyday business needs with your sense of moral outrage and desire for justice. We only hope that for one day, the latter will take precedence. By closing your doors on September 11th, not only will you be taking a decisive stance against the disastrous Bush administration, but you will also have won our confidence. Your bravery will be remembered, and we will continue to support you for years to come. Together, this can be our moment. Sincerely, The Corbett Report. The preceding letter was written not by myself, but by the Santa Cruz Indie Media website. It can be found on IndieBay.org, and for a direct link to the letter itself, please go to my website, www.corbettreport.com, under the Documentation tab for today's episode, and under the Current Time Index, you'll see a link directly to that letter. 
The letter was composed to Santa Cruz business leaders to inform them of a general strike which is going to take place on September 11th. This strike will obviously not solely be taking place in Santa Cruz. The strike is planned to take place all throughout America and even in other parts of the world, including New Zealand. The strike is not being organized in any centralized fashion, although it does have a website, www.strike911.org. The strike911.org lists the reasons for the strike as endless war, hundreds of thousands dead in Iraq, torture, surveillance, civil rights and habeas corpus gone, executive privilege, no accountability, stolen elections, 9-11 questions, corporate media and corporate government, tyranny, fascism, lies. The time has come to say no while we still have a chance. 9-11-07 general strike. This September 11th, no work, no school, no shopping. Hit the streets. The 9-11-07 general strike is being promoted and propagated through an internet viral campaign, making it unlike any other general strike in history. The strike even has its own Facebook group and MySpace page, and numerous organizations and individuals are getting on board with the strike for different reasons. The Corbett Report fully supports this general strike for numerous reasons, including all of those listed at the Strike 9-11 website, and perhaps most importantly, the 9-11 questions. 9-11 is, of course, the foundational myth of the war on terror and the current police state and encroaching fascism in the Western world. It's central for us to crush this 9-11 myth to destroy the war on terror paradigm that our leaders would like to force us into. It's recently struck me afresh just how ridiculous the 9-11 caveman conspiracy theory is, for all of the reasons that I originally enumerated in my inaugural edition of the Corbett Report. It boggles my mind to believe that there are people out there who have bought into the myth hook, line, and sinker that Osama bin Laden, living in a cave fortress dug out the side of a mountain, which listeners to the Corbett Report for will remember from last week's episode turned out not to exist, directed 19 men with box cutters to pull off the most sophisticated penetration of the most heavily defended airspace in the world, flying around completely unmolested by a single fighter interceptor for over one hour with one of the planes, Flight 77, pulled off a 270-degree spiraling 8,000-feet descent corkscrew turn, leveling off exactly at level with the Pentagon, slamming directly into that building leaving behind almost no wreckage whatsoever. Even if you believe that that was truly a 757, the Pentagon has surface-to-air missiles mounted on it. No plane would hit the Pentagon without the Pentagon wanting a plane to hit the Pentagon. Again, just look up the Norman Mineta testimony of Dick Cheney ordering the stand-down of NORAD. Osama bin Laden could not have done that. I just urge you to go to the first episode of the Corbett Report and review the material there, but today we'll be talking about other aspects of 9-11, specifically World Trade Center 7 and the Twin Towers. Again, this is a central plank in the 9-11 myth, and if we remove that, the 9-11 myth comes toppling down quite easily, in much the same manner as those three buildings did on that day. Something of the ridiculous nature of the myth of the collapse of the Twin Towers and World Trade Center 7 can be garnered from this post. This is a post to a Dig article, and it reads thusly. My fellow conspiracy debunkers will get a kick out of this. The other day, this conspiracy theorist and I were watching a lumberjack chop down a tree. 
timber, the guy yells, and then he swings his axe at the tree for the last time. The tree turned almost completely into sawdust as it collapsed straight down in a cloud, landing in a small pile just a little bit wider than the base of the tree. How did that happen? the conspiracy loon asked. It was hit by an axe, duh, I properly scolded him. Last month I was with the same guy when we saw some kids hold up a lighter to a metal lamppost. Of course the entire lamppost melted instantly, falling into a puddle a little wider than the original base, where it remained glowing white-hot for weeks. He actually thinks the fire didn't cause that to happen. Can you believe it? He said that the lighter was nowhere near hot enough to melt the pole, and even if it had been, the pole would have bent and fell sideways, not immediately turn to liquid and fall straight down. He says the only time anything does this is through the use of explosives. Where do these conspiracy theorists get these crazy ideas? I mean, we see things like this happen all the time. End quote. Yeah, well, all the time being, of course, 9-11. And every other day in history, the laws of physics have pertained, and modern steel-framed skyscrapers have never fallen due to fire. But, hey, except for 9-11-01. Well... To get some more insight into this and more of a scientific analysis of what really happened with those collapses, I was honored to recently speak to Richard Gage. Richard Gage is a member of the American Institute of Architects and founder of the Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth. This organization consists of over 140 accredited architects and engineers who are questioning the official theory of the 9-11 collapses. It is Mr. Gage's theory, based on the available evidence, that the destruction of the Twin Towers and World Trade Center 7 represent controlled demolition. I talked to Mr. Gage about his theories, which can be found in a video available from the AE911truth.org website. In that video, Mr. Gage makes an hour-and-a-half presentation at the University of Manitoba in Winnipeg. In our interview, Mr. Gage gets into World Trade Center 7, Thermate, and the Twin Towers... Let's go to a clip from that interview. So let me start by telling you about Building 7. Building 7 was a 47-story high-rise, not hit by an airplane on on September 11th. And it had, uh, as a result of the damage from the falling uh, World Trade Center 1, the North Tower, it had some uh, fires on the 5th or 7th and then the 12th and 13th floor. Um, these, these fires uh, produced a lot of smoke on the other side of the building, uh, north side. And uh, at about 5.20 in the afternoon, mind you, the, tower, the Twin Towers fell in the morning and fell, if, if you will, they, they were uh, exploded, as you'll see. At 5.20 in the afternoon, Building 7 drops straight down symmetrically into its own footprint at free fall speed. And that only happens with controlled demolition with explosives. What do I mean by that? We have plenty of examples throughout the country of controlled demolition. It's the only way or the the main way that we bring down uh, high-rise buildings when their useful lifespan is complete. 
the, the purpose is, a, is an implosion. What they try to do is blow the interior columns a fraction of a second prior to the exterior columns, uh, synchronistically timed then floor by floor, so that you have the interior structure pulling the exterior structure inward. And that's exactly what uh, Building 7 looked like. Uh, and so we're removing all of the columns at once, which is the only way you can get a symmetrical collapse. Uh, otherwise, the building tips over, which is what you'd expect fires to do. And indeed, uh, that, that's what the official story tries to compel us to believe, that uh, th these uh, relatively small fires uh, brought this building down in a, in a beautiful uh, fashion that only a half a dozen controlled demolition experts in the country uh, are capable of doing. And the first, for the first time, fire has accomplished that. Uh, so all of the columns had to have been removed at once, synchronistically timed, four by four. In addition, if people will go to uh, our website, which is AE911truth.org, which stands for Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth. Um, so that's AE911truth.org. You'll see in the upper right-hand corner the Building 7 flash video, and you'll see it come down in exactly the fashion, a smooth, accelerating, free-fall speed. If you drop a brick off the top of this building, it'll take six and a half seconds. So to reach the bottom, and that's what the whole building does. And you'll You'll we'll also see explosions in the upper right-hand corner of Building 7, which are like the 40th floor. You've got the 40th, the 41st, 42nd, 43rd, the six or seven of them, poof, 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 poof. They are mistimed. They, they were intended to have been uh, exploded uh, only after the building got uh, down, or that part of the building got all the way down to the ground. Um, so that's direct evidence as well. In addition, you have uh, firemen, or is it a police officer, and, and another eyewitness, I think it's a reporter, we uh, show on our video, uh, where I lay out all this evidence with, uh, with uh, video clips. Uh, you can click on the left side of our homepage and see the entire uh, hour and a half video. And uh, you can also thumb through the uh, slide presentation that is uh, on that video. What you'll see is uh, this, these folks talking about um, explosions at the base of World Trade 7 and in the Twin Towers also, which we're going to get to. You have tons of molten metal. And the firemen we have on video say this is flowing like lava. And we have the World Trade Center structural engineer, Leslie Robertson, quoted as saying the, the, the molten metal was, was flowing. So there's, there's plenty of evidence. In, in fact, uh, in a warehouse, we have plenty of photos of this stuff that's pulled out after it's been cooled in these giant chunks, of, tons of, uh, um, of this cooled, previously molten metal. What is it? Well, Dr. Jones from Brigham Young University at the time was uh, mailed some of the slag from a memorial uh, from Clarkston University. And he found that it 
contained predominantly iron. And so it wasn't, well, first of all, we know in the case of Building 7, which wasn't hit by an airplane, so we know it wasn't aluminum anyway. But um, he found that uh, this iron uh, contained these trace chemical signature of uh, thermite, which is very interesting because the military uses thermite to cut through steel like a hot knife through butter. And in fact, he found the chemical trace of a special form of thermite called thermate, which is a high sulfur content. So, um, and, and, and it's corroborated, by the way, from FEMA, who found uh, on these steel beams, which the firemen described as dripping with molten metal and partially evaporated the ends of these beams, uh, many of them, uh, he, he found, oh, FEMA found a rapid oxidation, sulfidation, and intergranular melting. Now, fires don't do this to steel. This is very uncommon. It's the whole point that uh, FEMA was making in their analysis. Um, unbeknownst to them, NIST would turn around and remove all, all of this evidence from their report, which took over from FEMA, uh, NIST being the National Institute of Standards and Technology. So uh, they, they, they completely wiped out, or tried to, that part of the evidence. Well, interestingly enough, uh, the, the, these, these chemical trace elements that Dr. Jones found were uh, fluorine and manganese, um, zinc, aluminum, and some others that are in the exact proportions that you find in the military thermite. Now, why would they use military thermite, and what is it? it, it its byproduct is molten iron, first of all. So that explains the quantities of molten iron. If you're going to sever each beam to column connection, you're talking about hundreds and hundreds of, of these beams and columns, and, and, and the amount of molten iron produced would be would be tons, which is what they found. It, it all kind of uh, rolled down to the lowest place in, in the building. So you have this this thermite, which is used because of the of its kind of silent characteristics. In the case of Building 7, you, if you were going to bring down a building and blame it on fire, uh, you wouldn't want it exploding all over the place. So this thermite is quieter than the typical C, C4 or, or RDX that they might use or do use in, in a standard controlled demolitions. So uh, that evidence is uh, uh, in place. Now, in the case of the Twin Towers, and I start with Building 7 because it is so obvious once people see it going down that it's a controlled demolition. Uh, in, in, in the case of the Twin Towers, it, it's even more obvious after it's explained because none of us architects and engineers, uh, very few of us, uh, are trained in controlled demolition. And uh, even... And this was an unusual controlled demolition because in, in the Twin Towers, it, it all started up at the top at the point of the aircraft impact. And it wasn't an implosion like Building 7. It was an explosion uh, with debris hurled uh, up to 500 feet laterally. That takes an incredible force to make that happen, first of all. Second of all, all the members are, are disengaged from each other or cut 
you will. Uh, you can see it very plainly in the videos um, and in the still photographs uh, that these uh, individual columns and beams um, were they were welded to each other, and a typical gravity uh, collapse by fire, which by the way is not typical. It's never happened. So in a hundred examples that we have of high-rise fires, uh, they've never collapsed a steel frame. A high-rise building, except on 9-11, where all of a sudden you have three. Anyway, the, the ends of these beams were dripping with uh, molten metal as when they were pulled, pulled out of the out of the rubble. The clouds were uh, that were were produced of the, from this uh, exploded uh, concrete uh, floors that they were powderized to, uh, and this powder landed all over uh, Manhattan, lower Manhattan. Uh, 10 to 100 microns, the width of a human hair, most of it, uh, and gravel as well. I mean, we're talking four-inch thick concrete floors around the perimeter of the of the tower, and five-inch thick at the perimeter. So this this uh, incredible quantity of, uh, of of pulverized concrete uh, uh, in these clouds was ten clouds are ten times the volume uh, of the buildings. Very dense. And very thick, and you also have at the top uh, as these these explosions begin, like they're the firemen described it like a belt wrapping all the way around the building, uh, synchronistically uh, uh, going down floor by floor, a tenth of a second per floor, because the, this building fell, if you will, or was exploded in in ten seconds all the way down to the ground. Well, at over a hundred floors, that's a, a tenth tenth of a second per floor, uh, defying uh, physics, really, because of any kind of a gravity collapse would uh, be slowed down at least a little bit uh, by the 100,000 tons of structural steel framing still intact, still undamaged by fire or airplane. So it, it, it's fascinating. In addition, in the case of the North Tower, the 30 stories above the point of impact uh, when the when the explosions start, you can you can see that the that 30 stories reduces itself to less than 20 stories right off the bat. The explosions go upward from the point of impact. They don't go downward. This is not a gravity event. In other words, the explosions take out the uh, 10 floors, 12 floors above the point of impact, uh, such that this pile driver, if you will, above the point of impact is reducing in height. And then it begins to go down, and, and and it disappears totally after about four seconds. So it's such that there's no pile driver pushing down this building. Um, it, 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 the building is exploding itself, and, and and that's what you see. But we're told it's this incredible weight of this big mass that's pushing the building all the way down, and that's not what's happening at all. It's not what you see. In fact. At the base of the Twin Towers, you don't see a pile of 110 floors. You don't see a pile of 50 floors of 4-inch thick concrete each and their floor trusses and the steel decking. It is all gone. For more of that interview and for some YouTube clips demonstrating some of Mr. Gage's points from that interview, please go to my website, www.corbettreport.com. For more information about the architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth, please go to ae911truth.org 
and there you'll be able to see the upcoming schedule of presentations by Mr. Gage on the subject of the collapse of the World Trade Center Twin Towers and World Trade Center Building 7. Mr. Gage is currently on a speaking tour, presenting this in numerous cities across the United States, culminating in a presentation in New York City just days before the 9-11-07 Global Day of Action. We'll be getting into some of the other events in the 9-11-07 Global Day of Action in a little while, but first I'd like to turn to a clip from another interview that I was honored to do this week with Nathan Moulton. Nathan Moulton is a Calgarian 9-11 Truth activist and documentary filmmaker, maker of the documentary film The Process of Transformation, which is available free on Google Video, and I wholeheartedly recommend that you check this video out. Nathan Moulton has obviously spent a great deal of time researching to find the clips showing the most obvious telltale signs of controlled demolition of the Twin Towers. In addition to this documentary film, he's also participated in numerous 9-11 Truth actions, including coming in third place in the Mark Dice 9-11 Truth Jam contest, and second place in the Alex Jones Push the Truth video contest. I talked to Mr. Moulton in Calgary about his production company, Molten Steel Productions, about his Calgary 9-11 Truth actions, and about his plans for the 9-11-07 Global Day of Action to commemorate the 6th anniversary of the September 11th attacks. Let's turn to the audio clip. Nathan, could you start by telling us uh, about yourself? Who is Nathan Moulton, and how did you become involved in 9-11 Truth? Uh, well, basically, I started to investigate 9-11 almost immediately after the events, like before Loose Change or any documentaries about it came out. I mean, I was only 13 years old when 9-11 happened. Um, two years ago, I started making a PowerPoint presentation with evidence of U.S. government involvement in 9-11, and that eventually just turned into an actual documentary which I titled The Process of Transformation. And that's how Molten Steel Productions was born, really. Molten Steel Productions is, of course, a, a play on word. My last name is Molten. It's M-O-U-L-T-O-N. So I just thought that was fitting because that was one of the biggest pieces of evidence, I think, that the Twin Towers were brought down in a controlled demolition. Okay, and uh, could you tell us about some of your truth action? What have you been doing to spread the word? Well, since I made the documentary, I started making other videos for YouTube, just us handing out uh, DVDs, getting out there, spreading the word. I entered Mark Dice's uh, 9-11 Truth Jam competition and received $300 for third prize for that. And uh, then a few months later, like you said, the Alex Jones competition, we came in second. I don't even think he was going to name a uh, second-place winner, but he decided to pick us for second place. So we got some DVDs of the new Terror Storm and a $100 check. So that was great. We we just got out there. We went uh, to Halliburton and uh, just put DVDs all over the place. Uh, what you see in the clip there isn't much compared to what actually happened there. Um, because the time limit for the video was five minutes. I sh I'm thinking about posting some of the extra stuff we have, but we just went all over Halliburton. There was nobody there, and we're, we were just putting DVDs everywhere, just hiding them uh, in the cupboards and places that, you know, people find them. And Did you leave one for off. Dick Cheney? <laughs> 
Yeah, hopefully he visits there one day and finds one somewhere. <laughs> so you're one of the frontline truth activists down there in the trenches fighting the good war. But um, what do you say when people, when you're confronted by people who are are questioning or willing to question the truth? What do you say to entice them to take a look at the DVD? Um, well, I just say look at the facts. Look at how how the World Trade Center buildings came down. I mean, I think a lot of people had questions deep down inside and do have uh, some pretty strong feelings about it and uh, once they they go down the 9-11 rabbit hole I mean I've seen the effect firsthand of how you give somebody a DVD and uh, you know they show it to their family and then goes and passes on through there and next thing I'm seeing 9-11 was an inside job stickers when I go out on people's cars so that's really good uh, I've seen the effects over the years, too, of the the reactions I get from people in Calgary. Um, you know, I used to get a lot of bad reactions, and I still get a lot of turndowns for when I'm handing out free DVDs, but it has gotten a lot better. People are uh, they're sick of the war. They're, they're sick of our troops continuing to die over there, so uh, it's it's changing. I think people are becoming more involved, and it's good. It's a good thing to see. So what is Molten Steel Productions planning for September 11th in Calgary? Um, I think that we are going to do a city hall action. I would have loved to have gone to New York. Unfortunately, I just can't afford to go down there uh, right now. So we're going to try our best to get it out to Calgarians. It's going to be a Tuesday, so there's going to be a lot of people out and about. So we're just going to try to hand out maybe a 1,000 DVDs or more and really get it out there on 9-11 07 for sure. Excellent. What would you say to someone who's awake to 9-11 Truth and looking to, to help support the movement? What, what advice would you give them? I would just say keep going strong, keep handing out DVDs, keep informing as many people as you can, keep digging. 120 hours of unreleased NORAD tapes just got released. Everybody needs to listen to those. I've been listening to those like crazy, trying to just skim through them and and get what I can get from the, you know, it's really important to to dig through all the information and people just need to keep looking and uh, we're coming, we're finding new things all the time and that's from people really digging into this and really asking the hard questions. And uh, do you have any websites you'd like to direct my listeners to? Um, well, the YouTube page is youtube.com slash Molten Steel. Molten is M-O-U-L-T-O-N. And my MySpace page is myspace.com slash moltensteel. And uh, calgary911truth.org is another great site I'd like to plug. I was started by another Calgarian in uh, the 9-11 Truth Movement, and it's great that, you know, to see that after, you know, being for, by myself doing this for a while, it's great to see everybody just coming together with this. All right, Nathan, thank you very much for joining me today on the Corbett Report. All right, thank you for having me. Yes, people are waking up to the lies of 9-11, and it might just be in time to help prevent the next 9-11 from happening. There are numerous signs and warnings in the mainstream media that the same plotters behind the 9-11 attacks are planning a new spectacular in order to get people motivated for an even further expanding war on terror. And any time you hear the word terrorist, just substitute the word civilian, and you'll get an idea of what's coming. In July of this year, Michael Chertov, the Homeland Security Chief in the United States, 
said that he has a gut feeling that America is going to be attacked in the next few months. This gut feeling, of course, provides no actionable intelligence. It's simply letting us know that, that we probably will be attacked. And when we do, of course, the first thing to go will be the Constitution of the United States. For those that don't believe that these attacks actually help the people who are in charge, you might be interested in reading a Philadelphia Daily News article from the August 9th, 2007 edition by Stu Baikowski entitled, To Save America, We Need Another 9-11, which reads in part, quote, One month from the anniversary, I'm thinking another 9-11 would help America. What kind of a sick bastard would write such a thing? A bastard so sick of how splintered we are politically, thanks mainly to our ineptitude in Iraq, that we have forgotten who the enemy is. It is not Bush, and it is not Hillary, and it is not Daily Kos, or Bill O'Reilly, or Giuliani, or Barack. It is global terrorists who use Islam to justify their hideous sins, including blowing up women and children. End quote. So Mr. Baikowski serves his neocon masters by arguing that another 9-11 would be great for keeping America in line in this mythical war on terror. To understand just what a serious situation this is, I'd just like you to conduct a thought experiment with me. What would happen if there was another 9-11 today? Listeners to the Corber Report know that Dick Cheney has already tasked STRATCOM with devising a contingency plan wherein any attack on U.S. home soil would be immediately responded to by an attack on Iran, regardless of the source of that attack. We know that they're staging a huge armada in the Persian Gulf right now, bumping up against Iranian waters, waiting for something to happen. We know that the Bush administration recently released PDD-51, which is preparing for martial law in the United States, in which Bush actually grants himself dictatorial powers in the event of the next terrorist emergency, taking Congress out of the continuity of government for the first time in history. We just had this report from ABC News this week, entitled Nuclear Bombs Mistakenly Flown Over U.S., which details how Live nuclear warheads were mistakenly strapped to advanced cruise missiles, which were being flown from Minot Air Force Base in North Dakota to Barksdale Air Force Base in Louisiana on August 30th, 2007. Recent reports have indicated that this might not have been an accident at all, with Barksdale Air Force Base being the U.S. Air Force staging base for the Middle East. Is somebody in the Air Force trying to tell us that they are currently staging nuclear weapons for an attack on Iran? And now, just a few days before the 9-11-07 memorial anniversary, it is being hyped in the controlled corporate media that there is set to be a new Al-Qaeda tape being released within the next 72 hours, according to the Intel Center, who listeners to last week's episode will remember is the group that actually puts the Al-Qaeda watermarks on old footage of Osama bin Laden and tells us it's a new Al-Qaeda tape. There's a reason why the Intel Center is predicting that there will be a new tape, and there probably will be because they're working on it right now. And once we get the JPEG quantization tables, we'll be able to find out that, yes, once again, they have put the watermarks on and they have developed this video. We're in a very serious moment in history, and 9-11-07 represents a chance for us to stand up for 9-11 truth, exposing the fundamental lie of this tyrannical police state which we are increasingly living in. Numerous events are being organized around the world to commemorate this sixth anniversary of the 9-11 attacks, and I urge you to go to 911truth.org to find out about events in your area. Of course, the main events will be taking place in New York City itself, organized by We Are Change. 
wearechange.org lists the details of the 9-11-07 Global Day of Action and five days of events leading up to that day, including a, a street action tonight, Friday, the 7th of September, 07, in New York City, and tomorrow, Saturday, the 8th of September. On Sunday the 9th, there will be testimonies from Ground Zero victims and family and presentations from Richard Gage and Alex Jones, among others. On September 10th, We Are Change will be premiering Loose Change Final Cut, which will be in theaters soon. And there will be a 9-11 Truthstock concert on September 10th, featuring such performers as Immortal Technique. Finally, on Tuesday, September 11th, there will be a World Trade Center memorial vigil taking place at Ground Zero. I urge you to get behind this 9-11-07 Global Day of Action and the general strike on 9-11-07. Together, we will make the change that will make a difference in this time of global crisis. I leave you today with the radio ad advertising We Are Changes 9-11-07 Global Day of Action events in New York City. I am your host, James Corbett. Thank you for joining me today. Join me again next week for another edition of the Corbett Report. Last year on 9-11, over 3,000 people converged upon Ground Zero in New York City. The presence was huge but not reported by the mainstream media. That was then. This is now. This time, we're going to make history. WeAreChange.org presents Let's Make History 2007. A five-day all-you-can-eat buffet of truth and action. Starting Friday, September 7th. The street action's continuing on Saturday the 8th. On Sunday, September 9th. Speakers. Speakers like Alex Jones. Jack Blood. Jason Burmes. Dylan Avery. Richard Cage. And more. On Sunday, September 9th. First responders and family. And the premiere of Alex Jones Endgame. On Monday the 10th. The premiere of Loose Change Final Cut. All proceeds benefit 9-11 first responders. Your attendance benefits the entire country. For more info on the largest truth movement on the planet, go to wearechange.org now. Let's make history 2007. Listen, Bin Laden blow up projects. It was your nigga. Tell the truth, nigga. Push knock down the tower. Tell the truth, nigga. Push knock down the tower. Tell the truth, nigga. Bin Laden blow up projects. It was your nigga. Pledge no allegiance, nigga, fuck the president's speeches I'm baptized by America and covered in leeches The dirty water that bleaches your soul and your facial features Drowning you with propaganda that they spit through the speakers And if you speak about the evil that the government does The Patriot Act attract you to the type of your blood They try to frame you and say you was trying to sell drugs And throw a federal indictment on niggas to show you love This shit is run by fake Christians, fake politicians Look at their mansions and look at the conditions you live in All they talk about is terrorism on Television, they tell you to listen, but they don't really tell you their mission. They funded Al Qaeda, and now they blame the Muslim religion. Even though Bin Laden was a CIA tactician, they gave him billions of dollars, and they funded his purpose. Fahrenheit 9 11, that's just scratching the surface. Bin Laden blow up the projects, it was your niggas. Tell the truth, niggas. Push knock down the tower. Tell the truth, niggas.